All right, good morning, Calvary. How are we doing this morning? Let's stand as we worship the Lord this morning. The Bible says that those who are free in Jesus are free indeed, amen. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, amen. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we just honor you this morning with our praise. God, we honor you with our worship this morning. God, we declare in this place that you are King Jesus, God, who reigns over the earth. So, Father, we just pray this morning, God, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying, Lord. And everyone said amen and amen.
you for the freedom. Hallelujah.
Someone may be going through something this morning, God, and all we have is a hallelujah. So if you're, if you're going through something that they're saying that softly, lift up your hands, because sometimes when we're going through some things that all we have is a hallelujah. All we have is God to look up to. So as they're playing that softly, I want you to just meditate on, on what you're struggling with just give it to God. If you don't know what to say, just, just say hallelujah. Thank you, God. As they sing that song. Come with a humble heart this morning, God. For thank you for our gratitude heart, God. God, we pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would lavish on us this morning and we would give all our worries and our troubles to you. Let this be a reset Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. You all may. in our children's church program uh, you are more than welcome to uh, go down now now uh, we have an awesome uh, children's church and nursery program so now is the time if you want to uh, have them engaged in them uh, they may uh, go back now welcome everyone and online if you're uh, connected with us this morning we want to welcome to Calvary Assembly of God uh, yeah can we give God amen thank you for the praise worship band thank you Nathan for uh, for leading us in worship. Um, we have connection cards. If you are a first time visitor or if you haven't been here in a while, we would love for you to uh, connect with us. Uh, just put some basic information on there as well, so we can pray with you, get to know you, and let you know what is going on around in our our church. Uh, if you go out on the foyer to my left, there is a book we want to give to you as well. It's called Unshakable. Standing strong when things go wrong. How many of you know things go wrong and will go wrong in our life? So this will help us to be unshakable, pretty much standing on God's uh, solid rock. Uh, ladies, are you ready? I'm sure you are. It is the summer tea uh, on the, on the when? July 23rd. I see it right here at 4 p.m. So if you're a lady and you want to um, stay strong in the Lord, you, we would love to you. Uh, have for you to come and uh, drink some tea. <laughs> All right, back to school. Pastor Steve is uh, doing an amazing job with our back to school. Can we give him a praise for doing that? And all of our, um, I know he's going to point to the volunteers too, so can we give all our volunteers who have signed up a hand as well? Next Sunday, right after church, we're having a volunteers meeting to kind of go over everything of what we're going to be doing. Uh, if you don't know what we're going to be doing, we are collecting back to school supplies to be able to hand out to the kids. Who knows school is getting ready to come up and um, it is right around the turn, uh, the corner. And uh, so it happens really fast. So Pastor Steve and them have been prepping for, for months at a time. Uh, Miss Christina has been uh, organizing all of that. Can we give her a big hand as well? 
for getting all that organized and keeping all of us organized. Water baptism is next month. Who is excited for that? I know I am. I, I know I can't be the only one excited for it. But it is August the 13th right now. I think we have seven or eight um, youth that are being baptized. So uh, if you would like to get baptized or want to know more about baptism, uh, please don't hesitate to ask any questions. So I know you're not here to see me. Uh, we are having a guest speaker, Pastor Justin. He is a great uh, friend of mine. He is an awesome. Pa- yes, let's let's give him a hand real quick before he comes. But he is an awesome pastor, a great friend of mine. And um, here is a little bit about him. He was able to conquer a devastating crystal meth addiction, uh, turning his life around through the transformative power of Jesus. And in 2005, he sought help and entered Long Island Teen Challenge. Beginning, beginning his journey of recovery. In 2008, he married Ashley, and they have since been blessed with four beautiful children, beautiful daughters. In partnership with his father, Justin established the first residential teen challenge program in the Shenandoah Valley and faithfully served as its executive director for 13 years. Today, Justin is a bivocational lead pastor at Brookside Church and the founder of 1014 Media. This venture aims to inspire Christian content creators to spread the gospel through the media. Justin himself contributes to this mission by creating inspirational content, including a weekly podcast called Rebuilding Life After Addiction. This platform illuminates how, through a relationship with Christ, individuals can overcome their challenges and triumph the face of adversity. So uh, as he comes up, can we give him a big round of applause? We'll we'll pray over him right quick. Good morning, church. How are you today? That sounds more impressive than it is. Thank you, John. I'm excited to be here. You know, it's funny. I've got some incredible memories, a lot of faces that I recognize here. And, uh, one of the most significant memories was 15, has it been 15 years? Yeah, 15 years ago when I sat in that little room back there sweating bullets as I was getting ready to come out here and make the decision to marry my wife. Well, not my wife at the time. And uh, man, Ashley and I got married on this stage years ago. Of course, it looked a little different in here then. And uh, man, you guys have done a phenomenal job. Pastor Kevin, Pastor Steve, Pastor John, everybody else that's involved. I mean, this place looks phenomenal. I love it in here. So we're excited to be here. And um, yeah, as John said, I have the privilege to serve as a bivocational pastor. I pastor a church about an hour and a half away from here. I live in Augusta County and we drive every week. We've been doing it for about three years on and God opened the door for us to step in and help during COVID. A church had lost its pastor, this small um, Baptist church up in Middletown. And um, we decided to come in as a guest speaker and then never left. And so there we are. And now a couple of years later, we've rebranded, renamed the church and done a lot of work. It's called Brookside Church. And um, I'm just grateful, grateful to serve God's people, uh, however he calls me to do it. And um, actually, and I have four beautiful kids uh, from 14 all the way down to our newest little Emily Grace, who is one and a half years old and all girls. What a range of ages. When, uh, when we brought Emily home and started to go through this adoption process, I started to do math. Has anybody done that when thinking about having kids? You know, like 37 plus 18, like, 
oh man, you know, those numbers start to get bigger the older you get. And um, man, but God has been so faithful and uh, to us. This morning, I want to talk to you about defining vision and really setting the stage for what vision is. When you think about the word defined, there's really an entire word in sermon in just the definitions of the word defined. The word defined means to determine or identify the essential qualities or meaning of, to discover and set forth the meaning of something, such as a word, an action, whatever that might be, to fix or mark the limits of, demarcate, just like setting boundaries in relationships, right? Boundaries aren't evil. They're not a curse word. They just define where you and I begin and where you and I end. As followers of Christ, as members of the body of Christ, as, as people that attend church and we serve in ministry and all of that stuff, you and I are responsible to be stewards of the things that God has entrusted us. And part of that means clearly defining what our purpose is as followers of Christ. If we can't define the vision and we can't set forth the vision for our lives and for our churches and our families and our ministries, then there's no way that we can actually make that happen. Now, this morning, I want to talk to you for a little bit about the importance of vision. Now, we we did this sermon series at my church a little over a year ago, and we took time to go through. We took about four to five weeks to develop and define our vision as we were getting a clear picture of who we were going to be as a church, how we were going to minister to the community, how we were going to love on people, what that meant for us and for the people in the church to be able to follow through with that. We had to define it first. Maybe you've heard this statement before. If you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every single time. How often do we wander aimlessly through life without a clear plan or purpose for our life, without a clear direction, and just kind of feel like we're spinning our wheels, you know, and we're kind of stalling out on this course of life because we don't have a clear direction. See, a vision is extremely important for us individually, but also collectively as a body. Because if we aren't clear about what we should do, then we end up doing a bunch of things that we shouldn't do, and we end up reaching nobody. It's so clear, it's so important that we know who we are, and we know the agendas, the priorities for the future. Vision is important. Vision also impacts budget, right? If you know what you're going after, you know where to throw your resources at. You know what things that you want to get behind and support. It serves as a guide for leaders, but it also sets the tone for the people that are coming and going. See, vision is simply a rallying cry. It's this one thing that we're going to say collectively as a body, this is what we're going after. This is what we're going to pursue. It's a shared future. And I love vision because when a vision is clearly set for any organization, it lets us know whether we want to be a part of that thing or we don't, right? And I think it's fair. I think it's fair that people know what we're about so they can decide if it's something they want to participate in. I think the Bible said something about that where it says you should consider the cost. You need to consider the cost of this thing that you've committed your life to because ultimately following Jesus is going to come at a cost. 
See, I get frustrated at that because I think a lot of this prosperity and motivational speaking doesn't really help people understand what it means to follow Jesus. We want to encourage people and we want to get them all jacked up and excited, right? But at the end of the day, they walk out and they're like, not really sure what it means to follow Jesus, and they rub up against a little suffering, a little bit of hardship, and they run away from the faith because they really didn't have clear expectations set from the beginning. We should set clear expectations. See, the Bible has a lot to say about the importance of vision. And this just isn't something that we do in leadership circles or experiences outside the church. See, I would argue that guys like Maxwell and the others that spent a lot of time talking about vision and speaking on the importance of vision, all of these ideas that they have, all these modern leadership ideas, friends, it all comes from the Bible. The Bible started this first. It's very clear in Scripture about how important vision is. If you have your Scripture, we're going to bounce around a little bit this morning. But the first Scripture is going to be in Proverbs 29, verse 18. The scripture says here, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. It's the espresso in the morning, I'm sorry. <laughs> it dries the mouth out, you know. <laughs> Dehydrates you a little bit, and I never learn. You know, week after week, I do this weekly and never learn. Scripture says, where there's no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law happy is he. Another version of that scripture says, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. They cast off restraint. They just, they just, they do what they want, if you will. If there's no vision. What is the importance of vision then? Have you ever got somewhere and been asked to participate in activity and you get there and there's just no direction? Isn't that frustrating? Like you show up to do something and you're, you're excited about being involved and then you get there and it's just like they don't have any clue <laughs> what is going on or what things are supposed to look like. I've had that happen at a few jobs out throughout my lifetime. I'll show up for shifts and the leaders are just like kind of figuring it out, you know, throwing the pieces together at the last minute and you get there and it makes the, fr- the shift extremely frustrating. I had a friend of mine that actually started a job recently and consequently left this job not long after. And he got there, and when he got hired, he said there was no clear onboarding process, right? Now, when you're doing a sales job, this guy does a lot of sales, and he he does a lot of, like, systems and setting meetings and working with people all across the country. And so he's coming into this new company and trying to figure all that out, trying to figure out all their processes for connecting with potential clients, following up with clients, And they had nothing written down, no clear process. And he had come from another company where he was pretty successful in sales there. And so he spent the first month at this new job sorting through a Google Drive of random documents, trying to figure out his own onboarding process. Now imagine this, you leave a pretty lucrative job, and you're excited about the opportunity at this new job, And the people at the new job haven't done a great job clarifying what it looks like to succeed in their company. And you show up and you spend the first 30 days figuring it all out on your own. Talk about frustrating, right? That's a big move. And after a few months of doing this and kind of fighting through it, he was just like, dude, I I just cannot do it anymore. 
He tried to make the best of it. What made it even worse is that the leaders of the company were holding him accountable to tasks that had never been clearly explained to him. So he's figuring this all out on his own. They're holding him accountable for these tasks, and it was just a perfect storm of frustration. There was no vision for the role. Going beyond jobs, vision gives us clarity on what we should do and what we shouldn't do. See, friends, this is why it's important that we should know the God of the Bible by knowing the Bible. Because the Bible is an instruction manual. It's a clearly articulated vision for how we should live our lives as followers of Christ. And the Bible sets some boundaries in place for living. Now, a lot of people look at these as restraints and they look at it as prison, but it's really not. It's really about some boundaries. Like if you look at the Ten Commandments, if you will, you see God's heart throughout the entire Ten Commandments. The first few, right, are all about how you love God. And the second half of the Ten Commandments, what are they? They're all about how you love other people. And these boundaries are realistic. If you and I are going to have a relationship and I'm constantly coveting your wife, it might create some issues, right? The boundaries there are for loving each other and loving God. The Bible clearly defines vision for how we should live. It's amazing when you look into the scripture and you see God's design for everything. You have a revelation that God is love and he cares about us and he ultimately wants a relationship with us. When you start to see the clearly articulated vision for the church in the Bible, it's pretty exciting. Ultimately, God loves his people, and he wants to help his people come into freedom. A lot of times people kind of push off the law. They cast off restraint, if you will, because they think that it's all about judgment. But really, you have to understand that when Jesus came, he came to fulfill that law and ultimately help us grow as followers of Christ. See, maturity really begins in our walk with God when we see the Bible not as a bunch of rules to follow, but we see it as a vision. We see it as guardrails to protect us rather than rules to punish us. We see the vision in the scripture clearly articulated where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. We see it as a maturing tool because without it we understand we're going to perish the bible is a book of vision second thing we see in the scripture about vision are some instructions habakkuk 2 2 the scripture says and the lord answered me write the vision make it plain on tablets so that he who reads it may run with it there's some instructions about how vision should be articulated. I don't know about you, but I end up at Ikea from time to time or Walmart getting a piece of furniture, right? And I'm excited because the picture on the internet or on the box shows this beautifully put together piece of furniture. I see some of you laughing already because you think you know where I'm going with this. And you get it, and you go to the store, you pick it up, and you load it in your car, and you take it home, and it's a box And there's about 365,000 different pieces in the box that you've got to try to figure out how to put together. Now, this is a salvation tester for me. I'm going to be completely honest. 
And I get these things home, and I don't do it very often. I actually let Ashley do it because she has a little bit more patience. And I bring these things home, and you open this instruction manual, and there's like six different languages, you know, and it's like I, I don't speak Dutch, Russian, you know, and all of that, and some of it in Chinese, and I'm going through the instruction manual trying to figure out how to put these things together. And one time, man, we bought this TV stand. This is back before, you know, you were hanging them on the walls everywhere. And, and I put the entire thing together and realized that the very front piece was on like upside down or backwards and trying to put the doors in like it had been put together and I couldn't slide the door in. And the frustrating part was I got the instructions for that TV stand. And they were very difficult to understand. This wasn't an Ikea one. This is one of those, there's jobs that you buy off Amazon and it has like kind of the real garbage instructions and all the bolts, instead of being in the nicely labeled little containers, they were all just kind of thrown in one bag and you're trying to hold the bolts on the instructions to figure out the right one to use at the right place. And man, Lord help me. The instructions weren't clear. And here's the thing, I think a lot of times, the people that create these things, they do so to sell a product and turn a profit, but they don't create the instructions with the end user in mind. They don't create the instructions, they don't write the vision in my, for, with thinking about the person that has to carry it out. And Habakkuk clarified this, he said, I want you to write the vision down, but I want you to also make it plain. It needs to be simple enough that it's almost like a baton in a race that I can hand that baton off to the next person and they can continue to run with that vision. It needs to be simple. Craig Rochelle said it this way. He said everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. See, here's the problem a lot of times, though. We think that simple means small. Simple doesn't mean the vision isn't audacious or it's not big. It just simply means it's plain enough that we can all end up somewhere together on purpose. And I'm a little bit of a leadership geek. I love to read leadership books and listen to leadership podcasts. And one of my favorite exercises, as a matter of fact, I participated in a cohort with Calvary years ago when Ashley and I were here serving as youth pastors. And, um, I mean, we went to the district office and at the Potomac office and they did all these cool leadership classes where they taught us about vision, mission, core values. And I love that stuff. I love to hear all these, um, different vision statements of companies. And one of the things I enjoy the most about doing that is looking at a company's vision statement and seeing if it shows up and how they do business. Right? Maybe that's just, maybe nobody else does that, but I do. Like, I love to look at these vision statements. It's like, does this connect with what I see here? Right? And there are some companies, some vision statements. I want to read a few for you. Maybe you can figure out what company is. This is fun. A world in which every single person is given free access to the sum of all human knowledge. You guys have any idea what company that might be? Wikipedia. Makes sense, right? A computer on every desk and in every home. Microsoft. They did that before Apple started dominating. I'm an Apple fan. Um, 
to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. It'd be Nike. This is another one, one of my favorites. To glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us, to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with us. That would be Jesus' chicken shack, Chick-fil-A. It's cool because you can look at these vision statements and you can see them come alive. Chick-fil-A, if you look at their company, they've grown like crazy. I mean, and they do stewardship well. They treat their team well. They treat their leaders well. They pour into them. They invest within them. And if you go in, whether the place is busy and you're waiting or you're not waiting, they're so polite, it doesn't matter. Like, I will stand here for 10 minutes because everybody behind the counter is smiling at me, you know? And it's, it's great. I don't mind waiting. And you see this stuff come to life. But when we don't allow our vision statement to line up with how we do things, it starts to get dicey. Here's one more. Our vision is to become the world's leading energy company. I want to go a little further. Because in this company's vision statement, they went on to say, we treat others as we like to be treated ourselves. We do not tolerate abusive or disrespectful treatment. Ruthlessness, callousness, and arrogance don't belong here. Ultimately, that company, maybe you've heard of them, called Enron, due to an accounting scandal, they ended up losing their shareholders. $74 billion dollars. Talk about the consequences of not living up to vision. Here's one more vision statement. And maybe you've heard this one before. Therefore, go. Make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. This one is written by Jesus. And it was his vision, his mission, if you will, for the global church. Friends, the reality, I read a statistic a couple weeks ago, and it really just pricked my heart. Barna did a study over... 20 years, one of their longest studies ever, one of their biggest studies they've ever done in the existence of their study and what they do to do research for the church and the culture and all that. And Barna's a reputable organization. And over 20 years, from 2000 to 2020, they tracked how many people once called themselves Christians that now no longer consider themselves to be Christians. They now consider themselves to be atheist or agnostic. And over a period of 20 years, Barna tracked that 23 million people have left the faith. 23 million. If that doesn't prick your heart to get serious about the vision and mission of Jesus for the church. Been in ministry for years. And I love that I have the opportunity to pastor. And I love that we have seasons in our church history 
where we saw great men of integrity and character like Billy Graham preach huge crusades and evangelistic crusades. And we saw millions come to the cross as a result of these large events and these large crusades. But I would challenge you to say this morning that that season is over in our country. That was the former reign, if you will. I would challenge you that ministry in 2023 is going to look a little different. It's going to look like you and I making a decision to not just carry this vision statement out in here, but to carry it out in our daily walk and in our life as we go out into the communities. And we don't just see our jobs as places that we earn a paycheck, but we see our jobs as mission fields and a place that we can bring the gospel to people who need it. Friends, the harvest is right. 23 million people. And you know what that tells me is that these, a lot of these people don't, it's, they haven't been discipled is the issue. I mean, that's the crux of it. I can't believe that 23 million people are just full-blown atheists once, if they once claimed Christ. But what I can think, what I can believe is that 23 million people showed up in a church, had a salvation experience, and never had the Great Commission vision carried out in their life. They never became disciples. And because they weren't disciples when things got difficult, ah, oh yeah, I'm an atheist now. The statement by Jesus, so important. John Maxwell said it this way. He said, without a vision, our community will perish without Christ. But without a vision, the church, it'll perish as well. You know, I, I'm sure Calvary has a vision statement, and you know it, and I'm sure your pastors repeat it, and, you know, we have a goal for the church. But I'll tell you the same thing that I told my church when I preached this series, this message at home a year ago. It's not important this morning. Not that it isn't important, but hear me when I say this. If our churches and us as individuals are not committed to the vision of the global church first, Nothing we try to do locally will have any impact. Hear me. As believers, this is the rallying cry first. The vision that your leaders here have developed, guess what? It came out of this. It wasn't something they just formulated on their own. Your leaders got into the scripture, and they formulated the vision for this house out of Jesus' vision for the global church first. And as we carry it out and we walk it out, we begin to see people come back to the cross. So this morning as I close, here's what I want to do. If I could, the worship team is here. Um, I want to challenge the church today. And friends, this is a challenge. Man, I'm not up here just throwing things at you that I'm not deeply processing myself, you know? 23 million people. But that's a lot of people that I grew up with in church, you know? That's a lot of ministers 
that I used to sit and listen to. And they inspired my faith early on in life. And I look at their lives now and they're, they're not even just not preaching. They're not even following Jesus anymore. And I wait for the day that I'm going to turn on social media and see another music artist that I worshipped to for years growing up writing a story about how they've left the faith. It's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. But it only strengthens my resolve to the mission and vision of the church. Because there are people that need to hear the message of the gospel. There are people that need to be loved on and be discipled. One to one. We can get them to a church service. We can invite them to come. But it's the up close and personal. It's the decision to say, I'm going to pour my life into you. I'm going to let you see my life. I'm going to let you watch how I walk. And I'm going to show you what it truly means to follow Jesus. And that's a consistent commitment, friends. It's work and it's messy and it's frustrating, but it's the command that God has given his church. And here's the beauty of the global vision of the church. He didn't ask you to do it alone. (laughs) He didn't ask you to do it in your strength. He didn't ask you to do it in your power. Because if I try to do it with willpower alone, it's only gonna leave me frustrated and sitting on the floor with a bunch of bolts and a halfway put together piece of furniture that nobody can use for anything. But in Acts chapter two, (laughs) he went on to say this. Man, I love this. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Jesus went on to say, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And listen, what the power of the Holy Spirit is for. It's not just for worship. It's not just for the gifts. It's not just so that we can do things here. It's so that we can do things out there. He goes on to say, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. Jesus has set a vision for us as the body of Christ, as followers of Christ. He set a vision. I want you to go and make disciples, not just tell them to come, but go and pour our lives into them. And I haven't left you to do it alone, but I'm going to empower you by my spirit to go out and lay hands on the sick and prophesy over those who are lost and broken and pour our lives into them. The Holy Spirit has promised to empower us for that work. Friends, the anointing gives us the power, gives us the eyes to see those who are hurting and broken and lost. It gives us the heart to be able to have compassion on people who have made a mess out of their lives. And yet we find a way to love them anyways. It gives us what we need to fulfill the vision of the church. So what's the altar call look like this morning, Pastor Justin? If you would stand with me as we close.
this morning as a church. This is how I want to wrap this up. This is how I want to close this message out. If you would say, you know what, Pastor, today I want to recommit myself to the global vision of the church. I want to be a person that is focused on making disciples in the community, in my life, day in and day out. I just want to encourage you to come. And what I'm going to ask is that as you come, your pastors are going to pray on you, pray for you, not pray on you. <laughs> Wrong slip of the tongue, I'm sorry. Your pastors are going to pray for you, and we're going to ask that the Holy Spirit would empower you to be witnesses. You can begin to come now if you would say, you know what, Pastor, I want to recommit myself to the vision of the global church. Or maybe you are committed and you just need a fresh filling of power to walk it out, then I would say you should come too. And we'll begin to lay hands on you and pray and ask that the Holy Spirit would meet you at this altar and give you what you need to make a difference in your community. Sing praises to your name. Praises to your name. The name that soars higher than all names. And all honor to
such an awesome, incredible God we serve, isn't it? It kind of kind of gets me thinking, you know, challenges me as a as a leader, as a Christ follower, to to what Pastor Justin said to focus focus on the on the global vision. And he said, if we tackle that, if we go after that first, he'll give us the vision for our lives and for the church. So we give Pastor Justin a great big hand for that. We want to thank you for, for that word for our church. Um, let's pray. Dear Goddess, thank you, God, for, for the vision that you've given us. God, I pray that we would uh, be able to uh, lean on your power to be able to carry that vision out and reach the lost and give hope to the hopeless and reach that one whether that one be in our family, whether that one be in our community, whether that one would be in our back door or our neighbor. God, I pray that you would just uh, uh, give us the strength to reach that one. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Before we leave, uh, Pastor John, stay up here just a second. Pastor Steve, if you'll come up here. Uh, on Wednesday on Wednesday night, that message was so timely. Uh, so timely this morning on Wednesday afternoons Pastor Steve and Pastor John and myself have been getting together and just asking God and what he would have for this local church the vision the plan the plan the strategy we're come just you know we've came out of COVID what does all of that look like and what does it look like as our community and so what I want you to do before we leave if you would would you stretch your hands uh, out this away and I just love that message talking about vision this morning so timely once again for this church and uh, I'm gonna ask Pastor Justin if he'll just come up here and he'll pray over us three and I'm asked you to stretch your hands this away God has great plans and a great destiny that he has for this church and we want to fall right into what God wants to do for our local community amen praise the Lord there you Father, I thank you for these leaders. I thank you for these pastors of this church, Lord. I thank you that, Lord, you have set the vision very plain in the scripture, Lord, that our purpose is to be focused on pursuing the lost, Lord, pursuing the one. And so I just pray, Lord, that you would give each and every one of these pastors, Pastor John, Pastor Kevin, and Pastor Steve, the power and the heart that they need to see the things that are in need around us. Lord, the ways that they can be impactful about ministering to this community, Lord. Lord, and I thank you, God, that you will fill them with the power and the strength they need. I pray for clarity, Lord. We know that clarity, God, is, is so timely, Lord, as we are able to write the vision down. We're able to make it plain. I pray this morning, God, that they would make the vision plain for this church, Lord, so that people can run with it. And I also pray over this body, Lord, of believers. Lord, I pray that this church would be driven to a place of prayer and support for these men of God, God, that they church would see the needs around us, God, and that each one here this morning, Lord, would focus on loving people well and bringing the gospel to those around them, Lord, knowing that this isn't just something a few leaders can accomplish, that it takes the entire body serving and moving together and working. And so we just pray, Lord, today that your Holy Spirit power, God, would bring crystal clear vision for this church and ultimately empower them with what they need to make it happen to make it a reality it's in the name of jesus we pray amen and amen thank you pastor 
Hallelujah. God bless you. You have a great week in the Lord. Hallelujah. So come on, my soul. Don't you get shy of me. Lift up your soul. Cause you've got lying inside of those lines. Get up and praise the Lord. So come on, my soul. Don't you get shy of me. Lift up your soul. Cause you've got lying inside.